Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. legality, we're given 
ridiculous amounts of restrictions and regulations and taxation and it just doesn't work if you look at what is behind a law what is behind an action what is behind legislation what is behind the rules that govern our society and you think about what's the driving force, what is the thing that makes it be what it is, and wonder, or don't, maybe no, that should give you an indicator as to is it good or not, is it a thing that is good for humanity, society, um, you, me. When the Constitution was drafted when the Declaration of Independence was drafted. It was drafted because a group of people were oppressed to the point where they decided to push back so far that they needed to separate from the government that lorded over them and taxed them and didn't represent them, took from them and didn't give back. And they did. They pushed back. They shed their blood. They took a risk. They took a lot of risks. And they accomplished what they set out to. And what was behind it? Well, the need to be free. The need to be free to choose what we want to do with our lives, with our time, with our property, with our money, with our, uh, with our own bodies. And if you go back and you look throughout history and you say, well, this happened, and you ask yourself, well, what caused that to happen? What was the reason for it? And if you come and you find out that the reason that something happened was to better humanity or a section of it, I don't know, maybe you could consider that to be a step forward. So every time that we've gained a right, even a group that I may or may not be part of. You know, there's most of the civil rights uh, progress that's happened hasn't affected me one bit. I'm not uh, a former slave. I'm not a woman. I'm not uh, personally not been able to vote or own property or... I'm not. I'm not um, in the the uh, the gay community, so I, I needn't need to fight for my right to get married. I've had a pretty easy go of it. Oh wait, no, I've been locked up four times for my choice to grow a plant and have a plant. I faced 12 years in prison over this. I faced 10 years in federal prison over this, or more. What do we all have in common? What do we all have in common? I and mean, I think if we distill it down and we start looking at our rights to choose, our inalienable rights, and the tyranny that is oppressing them and keeping them from happening, maybe maybe we can get our thoughts clear and, and get our message straight. Yes, we are walking to end prohibition, but we're not walking just to end prohibition. 
we're walking to give us back the freedoms that we've given up, that we've lost, that we've not chosen to stand by and fight for. Did women always have a right to vote? Susan B. Anthony would say yes. Women that were born in the USA were citizens. And the Constitution said citizens had a right to vote. (coughs) But then it got separated out and it became men. We've later uh, figured out and, and decided and clarified and codified and legislated and debated and, and figured it all out, was that, well, indeed, women are people and they are indeed citizens. And they do indeed have a right to vote and own property. And then came the issue of slavery and those that were enslaved. And then let's not get into the Native American issues, the Indian people, as they call themselves. This is a group of people that were here before we were. And there was a group of people that were here before they were. But when we got here and started conquering and and, and, uh, claiming our uh, manifest destiny, There were people that were already here that were living their lives. And some would say, well, you know, they were peaceful people. They were just living in the land and they had it all right. I'm not here to judge what they did or didn't do. I know that we came in and became a dominant force, as every society throughout all of history has done. And we drove them from their land because we wanted their land. And we took it. And they fought back and we spilled some blood and ultimately came to some treaties which we didn't honor. And ultimately we gave them some stuff and said, you know what, why don't you go over here and and keep quiet if you can. (laughs) But as we've gained rights back for humanity, um, and they've garnered a little bit here and there, still a lot of problems, a lot of problems. A lot of problems with equality. A lot of problems with our right as humans to choose. A lot of problems with justice. Criminal justice reform is needed. We have people locked up that shouldn't be locked up. And then we don't spend our time locking up people that should. I pose this to you before we jump into calls because I tend to get long-winded and I could talk for hours on this stuff. But what if, what if we as citizens demanded by whatever means necessary that we said, you know what, we're being taxed and not represented, that we're being taxed to hell, live in California and see what taxation is really all about, we get taxed to death. And are we represented? Are your needs and your and your desires and your wants and your needs represented? <clears throat> Do you feel that you have a right to grow and process and consume and transport and use the cannabis plant, but your government says, no, you can't? 
That's a crime. When you see your government spend money on a war machine, not saying we don't need a war machine. I think we do need a war machine, but do we need the one we have? When we spend money doing things for uh, countries that think that we're the devil, we do a lot of that. We have all kinds of things that we spend our money on, and what do we not spend our money on? I don't know. Every year, our budget comes in, and, and, and we're at a bigger deficit than we were last year. We talked about this before. I think it was in Bill Clinton's time, the last time that our budget was balanced. Well, that wasn't that damn long ago, really. But look at us now. Republicans have had office. What up? Democrats have had office. Whoop. What up? Republicans have had office. What up? Democrats have had office. Boom. It went up. Keeps going up. What are they doing with that money? They keep saying, well, we need more taxes. We need more. We need more. The economy's good. The economy's not good. The economy's good. We need more. We need more. Well, what if we were to demand an account of an accounting of our taxes? What if we, the people, got to have some say over how the money that we've given our government to spend, how it's spent it? What if we had some say in where our uh, law enforcement put its resources? Well, what if we did? Because chances are we do. We have a right to demand anything that makes sense if we were to do it right, do it well enough, do it loud enough, do it long enough, we can get it. Let's see what happens in Hong Kong. There's 100,000 people every day marching out there. When was the last time 100,000 people did anything in the U.S. besides watch TV? I don't know. Been a long time. Been a long time. We don't hear a whole lot about what's going on out of Hong Kong because it's not in everybody's best interest for us to know what it's like when the people get together and decide to take a stand. And they're peacefully protesting for the most part. Day after day, week after week, it's been going on for a while now. Big old superpowers trying to stomp it out. They got to be careful because everybody's watching. What if we were to do something like that and have a clear message? They actually have a message. These people have laid out what they want to accomplish. Clearly. I still think back to the Occupy movement. We are the 99%. That was the lamest occupation I've ever experience. It could have been huge. It could have been powerful. It could have accomplished something. Got a lot of people together for a minute. That's it. Just wrecked a place. I saw what it did to LA. It destroyed the place. What did it accomplish? I don't think it accomplished much. Taught some people what it was like to stand and protest. Just forgot to tell them how to give them a message. This walk is all about a message. It's all about ending prohibition. It's all about what is wrong with prohibition to begin with. It's all about our rights to choose. You know, I think if you were to walk across America and say, is it really our right to choose what happens to our own body, you're going to get some people that think you're talking about one thing or another. But this thing that we're talking about right now 
doesn't have a downside to it. There's a reason that there's two sides to the abortion issue. There's potentially a life at stake, depending on what you believe is a life. Something ends when that happens. And I'm not here to debate what I think about that. I'm just telling you, we have decided as a government that the person that that's happening inside of and to has that right to choose that. And yet, we do not have a right to ingest the plant that we grew ourselves. Not according to the federal government. Is there anything wrong with that? You know, we let ourselves be tricked into passing a law that allows a certain person with a certain piece of paper and a certain set of rules have this right where everybody else is criminal. Really? Does that piece of paper make it better or not better? Does it make it okay or not okay? Remember, folks, there are good laws and there are bad laws. There's a lot of bad laws. And we have a right to demand that they go away. We have that right. So let's think about where we're spending our thoughts and our time and our energy because we create what we think about. We all do. Look what we created. We created a shitty government that's doing a shitty job with its citizens, and we've stomped all over a planet. We've stomped all over animal races. We've stomped all over uh, the, the human race. The haves have stomped on the have-nots over and over again, and we've let it happen. We haven't stopped it. Maybe if we all started thinking about what we want instead of bitching about what we don't like, maybe, just maybe, we could start making this happen. I want very badly to bring this walk to life and to make it be what it can be. I really do. I want to put my, my all into it. But I need some real focus. I need to get this thing clarified. I need to get this thing ready because I know what can happen if we do this right. I've seen it. And we can establish a defining moment in human history with this walk if we do it right. Or it can be another stoner project that a lot of people put some energy into and we forgot where we put it. All right, let's get to our callers. We've got a lot of them. Let's start out. we got Valerie Patterson from Missouri, and let's see what Valerie's got to say. Valerie, you are first caller. Welcome to the show. Welcome to A Cup of Joe. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm above ground, breathing, and currently out of custody. Makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so, well, what's going on? Back in 2012, my stepdad and my fiance were busted for growing marijuana. Um, it was all kind of a dirty deal. Um, the cops come on the property um, saying it was a knock and talk. They were trying to find um, another lady that lived in that area. Um, they couldn't have gone down very far past where my stepdad lived um, because on a big mailbox, 
had the name in big, bold letters and that they could have easily have found. It's like a mile or so down the road. They said their GPS was broke. Well, they left, and they come back later that day with Comet, um, which is a drug tax task force, and um, without a search warrant, started searching. Um, my fiance was coming out of the trail on out of the woods, and they had guns pointed at him, which they are not supposed to do. Uh, this was in Missouri. So. Yes, in Missouri. Okay. And, and this is in uh, 2012, so, seven yes. years ago. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so they um, didn't even read my fiancé's rights to him. They questioned him, and then he didn't get his rights read until he was already at the police station being locked up. From there, um, after all the court stuff, and they did a suppression hearing about all of this, um, about the curtilage and and all kinds of stuff that we had, and it was completely squashed. And we weren't um, supposed to be able to bring it all back up until their appeals. Uh, they were both sentenced to 10 years. And currently, well, my fiance, Anthony Bearden, he took the plea deal. And I believe, yeah, my stepdad did too. They didn't really have much of a choice. They were kind of railroaded into everything. Um, and it was like they were trying to make an example out of them. It was in the Bolivar newspaper, the Springfield. It was all over the news. Oh, big, big bust, and they're horrible people. And uh, currently my stepdad is in Leavenworth Camp in Kansas, and he is legally blind. He has macular degeneration. Uh, there's no getting his sight back. He can see through his peripheral, but he only really sees shadows. He can't read. He can't write. He can't watch TV. Um, we're able to communicate through email because he knows the keys. He he took a typewriting class. So um, he has troubles getting around. He has other health problems, diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, and so he has a walker. He has fallen multiple times. He has run into people and almost been in very bad fights. And they, he filed for compassionate release. They said, oh, yeah, you can, we're, we're getting it all run through and everything's going to be great. They even went out to um, look at his property in Colorado, and that's where he wanted to go. And so they, they come out and they interviewed his brother and they checked out the property. And then the only thing that they were waiting on was the warden's signature. Well, next thing we know, they said, nope, nope, no, no compassionate release. 
you don't qualify for it, you haven't served half your sentence, you haven't proved that medically you need to be released. Valerie, I, uh, I have Chris yeah. on the line. From federal prison right now. I'm gonna put you on hold so I can bring him up. He's serving a life sentence right now. Yeah. And he yeah. calls That's every week. Point. We'll get back to you as soon as we're done with Craig, okay? Craig, okay. how are you doing you. today? Hello, Joe from Terre Haute, Indiana. How are you doing today? Good, good. I do have a question though. Yes. Here in Indiana, they have some of the strictest state marijuana laws in the country, but yet I'm hearing all over the radio all these advertisements for uh, CDB-infused products. <laughs> now, I understand that they don't have THA in them, but isn't that like the major part of the of the leaf <laughs> or the bud? No, what it is is CBD is one of the cannabinoids one of the compounds that the cannabis plant has. And when the cannabis plant has less than 0.3% THC in it, it's considered to be a hemp plant. And that's where the, that's where the, the, the federal threshold is, is at 0.3% THC. It's the exact same plant, Craig. It's the cannabis indica, cannabis sativa, cannabis ruderalis. It's the exact same plant. But when these plants have been bred historically for fiber, um, those plants tended to have very little THC in them. It's the, the ditch weed that grows up in North Carolina or, or North Dakota, um, and, and they're remnants of the, of the hemp crops that we used to grow. And, but it's the exact same plant. It, it's, it's, um, but the government has decided through the Farm Bill um, that hemp, and hemp-derived products are okay in certain cases. So you can have some things and not others. The FDA is still trying to keep us from having a lot of things, but that's where that line is drawn. Now, there are some states that have passed laws that are more restrictive than the federal law, and that in that case, the state law would trump the federal law. But when they don't, if they don't have a law specifically outlawing the hemp product, then the federal law would take place and you'd be allowed to have it. But it's the same plan. It just seems, it just seems so hypocritical to me that they're advertising the benefits of the CDB, especially in cat and uh, dog products, I understand. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And this is a plant that is Schedule 1 because there's no known medicinal value to it, right? But like I say, the, the radio, is, they're selling it as a cure for a number of different things. And as you know, that one uh, medication was approved by the FDA. Oh, I know. I know. The, 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 um, the hypocrisy is deep and long-reaching. It's, uh, it, it, it's the thing that just drives me completely batshit crazy because... Nobody's upset about it. You know, not enough people are upset. There's people, I know most of the people that are upset about it. But there should be, you know, hundreds of thousands. There should literally be millions of people that are livid over this. 
and yet everybody's scrambling to start up their own hemp company instead of being upset that there's people locked up for the same thing that they're trying to make a business out of. Like I say, I, I, I'm finding myself very amazed with that. I see all kinds of new shows on the TV that show huge marijuana grow operations. Right. Especially just a quarter mile from here in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's growing, you know, thousands of acres of hemp right now. And it's becoming, you know, it's going to be the crop that takes over the tobacco industry because it's easier to grow requires less um, pesticides, and it's worth more money. Yeah, around here, the, the farmers have really been hit by uh, real bad crop uh, prices due to the uh, Chinese not buying as much as our crops, and they've, they've had some weather struggles this year. So um, farmers are in a bad way, but from the coverage I'm hearing, the hemp growers in Indiana and in Illinois are, are real happy with, you know, the futures on their uh, crops. Yeah, it pays a lot more per pound than any other crop you could think to, to sell. I mean, if you look at how much does wheat garner per pound, how much does soybeans garner, corn, tomatoes, you name it, and then you consider how much can you get for a pound of even hemp, um, it's night and day. Uh, it, even even as this market gets, you know, saturated and as the market's developing and there's more and more people engaged and the price goes down and down and down, it could go down, it could cut in half 20 times before it, it became, you know, commiserate with any other crop. Yeah, I think the price could, because I, I think that's a problem, especially in Oregon. Where the the cost to grow and market marijuana has made it so in a lot of situations it's not profitable. Yeah, yeah. In in Oregon especially because there's not a lot of people in Oregon, um, and there was always a lot of growers in Oregon. They were able to outproduce their need, and so there's millions of tons of marijuana, cannabis, hemp, all of it sitting in 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 Oregon that. The problem is, is that our federal laws don't allow for interstate transport. So no matter what the state says you can do, the thing you cannot do is take your cannabis from one state and bring it to another one. Now the hemp bill is another story. The 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 hemp farmers can transport their hemp from one to another, but the problem is they're having a hard time figuring out what's what, and they, it's an expensive test to test the actual potency of a plant, and it takes time to do it, and it actually takes some skill and some instruments. The the test that the cops use is like a, a litmus test. They put a little, uh, they crush up some plant material, put it in some water, and put a couple of drops of some uh, of, a, of a catalyst in there, and if it turns the color, then there's the presence of THC, which makes it marijuana. However, that very same test can test for the presence of THC in a hemp product, and there's no real way you can determine it. You can't really necessarily tell from looking at them either because a lot of the hemp plants they have now look just like the cannabis. The buds look the same. 
and you can't tell by looking at them if it's a CBD plant or a THC plant necessarily. So they're going to be driving the law enforcement people crazy, digging around these farms to see what they're doing. Huh? Well, yeah, that always works out good for us, doesn't it? You know, every time we piss off law enforcement, we always end up the victor. Oh, wait, no. We get a lot of our shit taken away. We get locked up. We get beaten up. And uh, we let the courts sort it out. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we lose. That's what's happening right now. Okay. okay. So I'm looking over the rail end of the cell block here that kind of reunited over the last days and over the weekend. They put the, all the people just in my cell block on a lockdown. And that's because three people from the cell block got a hold of drugs and they caught them in, intoxicated. Well, what they did is they locked every everybody, all of us, I think there's about 140 of us, locked us all in the cells, but they only gave us three meals a day of four slices of bread, 1.8 ounces of turkey, <laughs> an apple, and a slice of, like, this processed cheese stuff. Yikes. From what best I can figure out, it's less than 1,300 calories a day. I mean, we were hungry and thirsty. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, I mean, and that's, that's if you're just laying there not moving. That's barely enough calories really to, uh, you know, to exist. Maybe well, the thing is, Go ahead. you know I'm already unhappy about the conspiracy laws that have ended me up in prison for other people doing things with marijuana, but now in the prison they're teaching it. Right. And if somebody decides that they're going to punish the whole group as a tribe or, you know, whatever, they, I don't know if they're looking for the people of the, the cell block to coalesce into, like, a street gang. I mean, I, I really don't know what their goals are, but I don't see anything good to come of it. Yeah, I, I, I still think it has to do just with the bad nature of people that get power. You know, they did that experiment um, in a college back in the 70s, and they they had, um, you know, a group of people be the prisoners and a group of people be the guards. And they the guards ultimately abused the shit out of the prisoners. And then they reversed it, and the same thing happened. And it seemed like any time, um, you know, and they've done a number of experiments that are similar to that. And it has to do with, with control and power, and it seems that when, when, when people get unfettered control and power over another person or group of people, for whatever reason, they tend to abuse it. They don't tend to be wise and benevolent with it. I think the, the only solution I can see to that is to actually have some oversight in the prison, have some outside groups or people or whatever able to look into a prison, see how they treat people, see how they're feeding the inmates, see how they're taking care of their medical needs and, you know, their dental needs and things along those natures. But there's no oversight whatsoever. And as you see, they're, they're pretty angry about Jeffrey Epstein killing himself before they were allowed to kill him. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so now they're, you know, they have the Department of Justice um, investigating the BOP. Yeah. But the Bureau of Prisons is part of the uh, Department of Justice. Exactly. So you've got the 
Right, right. That's like every time the cops investigate themselves. They're, they always find that there was no wrongdoing. Have you ever noticed that? The cops never find that there was a problem. They always go, oh, no, everything was all right. They, they, they were acting within the, the reasonable use of force or whatever the hell they do. Like, they never go, well, hell, that was way out of line. He shouldn't have shot that unarmed guy 20 times, you know. But, you know, it's, that's the problem. Like you say, the the, the rooster is uh, inspecting the hen house, and uh, I, I, it just, it, it never seems to work. I completely believe that part of the criminal justice reform needs to be a third-party independent oversight um, that has free reign, you know, to go through an audit as they see fit, and they can't be denied access to anything. And, uh, you know, I mean, they do it in the name of spending. You know, I think they're pissing away tax dollars um, by locking up people that don't need to be locked up. They're 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 wasting resources, and in fact, they could take those same resources and put them to better use in the prison with the people that need to be there, and you'd probably have a lot less problems and maybe even a chance at some rehabilitation and and lower the recidivism rate. I mean, there's, there's so many things, like you say, that can be spending money on this. Uh, the news I see from California is that there's homeless people all over the place. <laughs> it seems like there, there should be some programs to convert those people into, you know, people that are able to support themselves and, you know, uh, you know, have a home, you know, somehow where these people can move up and forward. Well, you know what's crazy is the homelessness has gotten so rampant in Southern California, primarily because the weather's so nice that we have gotten an outbreak of typhus. Now, typhus is a disease that was rampant in the dark ages because they didn't have sewerage plants, and they people were dumping their shit pots out the window, and it was rolling down the street, and people were walking in it and covered in it, and it was horrible, right? And, and, and the rats were, were carrying it, and, 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 you know, the, 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 and that's what we got going on right now. We got, we got bacteria in infections and flesh-eating diseases and typhus. Craig, there's your first beep already. I'm going to go ahead and give you the rest of the floor. But here you, you tell me about typhus and diseases and people just really living in miserable ways, but yet they're running around chasing people that are smoking marijuana. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we need to do is stop those damn dopers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just look at what they spend on me a year. They spend, I, I think they, the average I see is something like $53,000 a year on me. I'm coming up on my 18th anniversary, so all that money could have been well spent somewhere else, I believe. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, that's what we're, we're trying to change, and we're going to keep pushing until we get our message clear and we get, get going on our march. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're getting closer and closer to being able to release our, our first press release on that. Oh, I think you got cut off. So for everybody who's new, that's Craig Cecil. He's currently serving a life sentence 
without possibility of parole for cannabis charges. Not even actual cannabis charges, but conspiracy charges. Meaning that he was in some way connected to a cannabis crime. And as he just said, he's coming up on 18 years in prison. Um, I don't know how he keeps his attitude good, but I wish some of us out here would learn from it. That's the one thing that we do have control over is how we see things and uh, what we put our time and attention into. And maybe if we were to think about it and realize how different our lives and our choices are from his, frankly, most of us are breaking a lot more federal laws than he was when we're using and transporting and making and selling and whatever it is we're doing with cannabis, um, he wasn't even doing that. He was fixing trucks. So maybe if we thought about our delicate nature in this uh, environment, we might realize that it needs changing a whole lot more than we are. All right, let's carry on. Let's get back to Valerie and uh, let's, Continue on. Now, as always, um, I'm burning through time pretty quickly. We've got a lot of guests. Valerie, go ahead. Uh, let's let's continue on. So you left off. Your dad okay. is uh, denied his compassionate release, and it seems to me that he um, certainly should have qualified for it. So is, is he in federal prison or state prison? Yes. Yes. This is, their cases are federal. And, okay. Um, yeah, and he's um, also, his appeal was denied based on Anthony's, my fiancé, saying that the the judges that denied his appeal must have had a good enough reason. He The, the judge hadn't even read why he was denied, but that was good enough reason to deny my stepdad. Wow. And... Yeah, and, with, yeah. With and I have that. I have a copy of that. Well, I would definitely so, like to see everything you have. And if you can do me a favor and get on the line um, when you're done with this call, stay on the line. And our screener is doing an amazing job today. <clears throat> Her name is Mary, and um, she is. Um, she'll take your information and um, also the information about um your stepdad and your fiance, um, we have a, a prison outreach program where we do encourage people to, uh, you know, write letters to, to prisoners that are cannabis prisoners. And, you know, if there's anything that we can see that there's there's an action that can be taken, we certainly would uh, want to help out with that. If there's um, any kind of a campaign that we can, uh, you know, rally in a grassroots way for. Also, we have a... Um, we have a chapter of the Human Solution International in Missouri, and it's actually gotten awfully busy lately. Yeah. Uh, we've had, I don't know, half a dozen cases that have just popped up. So <clears throat> have you spoken with Dana Bland? Do you know him? Um, yes, I have. Okay, good, good. So yes, he yeah, is I've, actually I've been in contact with like five or six different people yesterday. <laughs> Okay. It just kind of snowballed. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's the, that's, you're in the right place, 
and you come to a group that cares, and, um, you know, yeah. we, there are things that we can do and other things that, that we can be supportive of, and, and at very least we're going to care and, and, and maybe uh, send a couple of letters out to, uh, to, the, to the prisoners and, um, you know, let you know that there are people that care, and let's, let's look at your case and, and maybe make a plan. Um, and That'd you'd be, be surprised when people are willing to get out there and fight, um, and they find that there's people willing to stand with them. It makes a difference. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 say goodnight. But um, I want you to stay on the line, and uh, Mary will bring bring you back up, and she'll direct you over to the website and um, get any information that that you might have and, and uh, <clears throat> that way she'll give you a place to send any um, any documents or images or whatever you have that could shed light on this. Yes, I have a lot over the last six years. I have so many notes and, and forms and, and, and court documents. It's crazy. I've been trying to go through them all to organize it a little bit better for this. <laughs> But I had no idea that all of this was out here, and I'm so thankful that I I've, I've was reached out to and this whole world has opened up to us. Um, we kind of felt defeated and, okay, this is just the way it is, and we just have to deal with it and get through it. And uh, so now we have a lot more options. We can change things if we set our mind to it. And we also have a chapter in Kansas that's doing amazing work that's just right next door to you all. And, um, you know, um, there, there's a number of us that have been through it. I fought the government for six years, and I've been locked up a bunch of times for cannabis. And, and we, have, we have people that, that served life sentences that got out that are part of our organization. We have people that have, that have, that have done prison time, that have, that have fought and won. I mean, every, every scenario you can think of, we've got people in our organization that have been there. We have we have wives and and brothers and sisters of of inmates. Um, we have you name it. Um, and 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 the thing we all have in common is that we believe that no one should be locked up for this plan, and uh, that we believe that our civil rights are precious and valuable, and and that we that we deserve them. And it's just about every federal case that I've heard of, there was at very least um, what I see as a violation of civil rights. And if not a whole lot more, so we stand with you. So um, go ahead and stay on well, the line, and Mary, we'll catch your yeah. information. And, and, and uh, just on the on the the gentleman that you talked with before, um, he is right about mass punishment. One person gets in trouble, they all get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, and he's currently in Terre Haute, Indiana, um, in serving a life sentence for pot. So without, yeah, yeah, without yeah that is ridiculous. So he's one of the people that we stand for, stand with, and we're, we're working as hard as we can to, to break through and get him out. So um, you got a lot of yes. people that are here to, to help out, and, um, you know, just being part of a team makes a difference. So thank you so much, Valerie, for calling. I appreciate it, and uh, you're welcome to call no back problem. anytime with it. But, um Mary will get your information, and she'll uh, direct you a little bit better. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You too. Wow. It seems like this last uh, 
couple of months, just about every single show, there's been more cases bubbling up. And that's the good news and the bad news. The good news part of it is that people are finding the show and that this effort to unite and to inspire and to um, motivate and to enlighten is working. People are becoming aware of these problems that we keep talking about. And when you hear two people engaged and saying one will help the other or you hear about um, a group that's here to help, it can give somebody purpose. It can say, well, I want to help them helping out. And, and ultimately, oh, yeah, that's the name, part of the solution, the human solution. <clears throat> so, anyways, that's what's going on right now. Um, let us continue on. We've burned up already, um, hell, most of the show, but we're going to go on as we do. And um, let's see where we're at here. I've got on the line, i got Pete Yaple. I've got <coughs> Terry Cotrolo. She's hey, going to come Terry. up next. And then we've got Jeff Eichen and Tom Corby and a bunch of other callers that haven't been screened yet. So um, we got a full show ahead of us, folks. Stay on the line. If you have something that you want to talk about, if you have a, a question for a guest that's on, um, if you've got something you want to say, if you don't like something I'm saying, um, pick up the phone and call 646-929-2495. I will always make enough time for everybody to say what you have to say, and that's how we roll here. So Terry Cotrone-Lo is a dear friend, and she is part of the human solution. And her and her husband, Theron, has been part of our organization for many years, and um, they have supported many cases, showing up for court support the way we do. Um, Terry is one of our militant uh, uh, supporters, as am I, and... Um, want to see everything done right, want to see when we show up to court that we dress up to the nines and we are respectful and we do everything we can to be effective. And there's all kinds of scenarios where everybody has the right and the freedom to do things the way they want to. And always remember when we're supporting somebody, the defendant's the one that calls the shots. If the defendant is okay with somebody being a certain way, then so be it. It's the defendant's call. We're here to support those defendants and those prisoners. And those of us that are fighting will appreciate that. Um, and sometimes, though, paying attention to things that work, we've got a lot of years of doing this. Um, we've seen things that work. And when we talk about our policies and our standards and our guidelines, it is only because we've seen them work and we want them to work for you. So just be mindful. A lot of good people doing good things with good hearts, and we just want the best for each other. So sometimes we disagree on what that is and should be. That's human nature, folks. So Terry's got something she wants to share with us, and I think it's pretty impactful. Terry, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Terry. Hey, how are you doing, brother? Hey, Lisa. How are you guys? So, um, it's a beautiful day, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so as you know, Joe, I uh, went down to visit with my sister who was at a, not here. And um, anyway, um, 
she had an interesting story. Uh, I don't really keep in contact with her, so that's why it's a little new to me. Um, so about seven months ago, six or seven months ago, by the way, my sister is a huge cannabis activist. She's been to prison for transportation and um, all of that. So it's not like she doesn't know anything. Uh She's definitely educated. Um, She was driving back and forth from one place to another, and she wanted to medicate. So she picked up the vape cartridges. And um, so she has like a a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and she's puffing on the vape cartridges going back and forth. Well, she started to feel sick um, after a couple months, she started to feel sick. She got really intense migraines and she went to the hospital and they misdiagnosed her a few times. The good thing about it is her husband works for the state attorney general of the state they live in. So she has like amazing medical care. They've already done her triple bypass. So they've already know her, you know, they, they know she smokes cannabis. They know, they know her, they know, what she does. So when she had this migraine that wouldn't go away, her husband kept taking her back to the hospital and they kind of misdiagnosed her and they had to take her back by paramedics. And when they did, they found um, she had inflammation on her brain and she had a brain bleed. So um, with, you know, all these great doctors supposedly that she has and all, um, they wanted to study this up because, like I said, she's already in their system, you know, with the heart thing and now the brain bleed and, you know, all that. So they were like, yeah, we'd like to study this up and we want to get to the bottom of this. What is this? So they did a bunch of um, research and they, they, their findings in using testing just vape juice and then carts, vape carts. Their testing was that each, all of them contained some amount of bacteria. Now, if that's bacteria from human error or if that's bacteria from something in the process. Uh, one thing I do want to say is she used three brands. Uh, one was Brass Knuckles, one was Pure Vape, and I forget the name of the other one. I'm sorry. But um, they were all ones that, well, we all know Brass Knuckles had a hard time here in California passing their little license and regulating system. So they kept coming back with tainted. We we all know that here in California, they kept coming back with tainted. They wouldn't pass them here. But the pure vape was always regulated and licensed, you know, bullshit, whatever. So um, I came home and I started researching a bunch of different things. I'm like, oh, so they wrote, I'm sorry. So they wrote her up in this journal, which is being published right now. And so as soon as that is um, published, I will have that and I will share that here and other places as well. I want, you know, if this is the case, I want to shout it from the rooftops. I don't want to, you know, we're, we're helping people. We're not trying to harm anybody. So I just wanted to tell that and um, 
I just think it's really, you know, something we should look at. Um, one more thing I would like to say is in Italy, right when the um, e-cigarette, or I'm sorry, e-nicotine came out, um, the vaping nicotine, um, Italy and I believe Greece and a few other places never allowed it in their country. They totally banned it from the beginning saying, we don't know what this is. I mean, you know, you're telling me. I have a 24-year-old who smokes, unfortunately, um, these nicotine. And my girlfriend was here one day, and she said, you know, Bianca, um, you can get popcorn lung from that. And she's like, I buy the stuff that doesn't have the, you know, I buy the stuff that's better. I pay more money, you know. So I just want to let people know you know, what this is, I I think it's very serious. I just saw someone who was like a stroke victim. And, you know, I'm taking it very seriously. I want to share it with everybody. And, um, yeah, I think it's something that we should look into. Have a conversation about. I think that... um... We should get the facts about everything that, that we're looking to do. So many times a new technology will come on the market, a new thing, a new toy, a new way of, of, of ingesting, and um, people jump into it. They fall, they fall prey to the marketing, um, the social media, and all, all this stuff on it. And, you know, how many times have we come to find out, whoops, we should have rethought that one. You know, there's been many, many drugs that have come on the market that after people started coming out deformed, they pulled them off the market and said, whoops, Absolutely. we should have been doing that. You know, we have uh, a miracle um, um, chemicals that, that kill the plants without killing the crops. And then they come to find out, whoops, um, that's causing a lot of cancer. Um, there, there's all kinds of things that we do, you know, hell. Um, talk to Marie Curie about uh, how that all works out. We we, <laughs> we bumble around thinking that we found something, and we don't give it really enough time to figure out is it is it safe or not. And you know, on some level, I think that we should be allowed to do what we want. But I think that there should be a, a, an arena where <clears throat> you just have to post very clearly. We don't know what this is or what it might or, or does do to you. And instead what happens is there's marketing that says, this is safe for you. This is better for you than cigarettes because it's not smoke. And the truth is we don't know that. We don't know if it's better. We think it is because it's not smoke. But we don't realize that it could be causing all kinds of more problems. We just don't know. And I think that um, – People should be given all the information that we know about pretty easily, and we should also have the right to choose if we decide to take that risk, be it. But take that risk knowing the risk that you're taking. And, you know, when people use these sorts of things to say, see, we should be regulating the hell out of it, go look up wine and glycosphates and go find out that, oh, wait, every bottle of wine has Roundup in it. Oh, shit. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody loves a glass of Chardonnay. Now, don't they? We're going to go and get us a glass of wine. Woo! Uh, 
Um, I'm just saying, regulation is not necessarily the answer. I believe that education and freedom is. And you know what? The Darwinian effect will happen. The the, the herd will thin itself out some. And sure. People aren't going to get bamboozled as easily, and they're not going to blindly stumble into something if they have access to the facts and their freedom at the same time. That's that's where I stand with it. But as you know, um, I've been dealing, I just recently started dealing with a, a line of vape cartridges, and um, I was hoping to get out there today, but I didn't. Um, but tomorrow I'm actually going to bring one to random, a random vape card into the lab to be tested for um, any kind of toxins. And just going to pull a random sample and see what's up. And if there is toxins in it, you can be sure I'm going to address the manufacturer pretty harshly. Right. And, uh, right. you know, I'm all about the truth, though, for sure. So uh, Absolutely. Same here. You know that. Yep. And I appreciate you calling in, Terry. It's, it's good. Uh, I'd Terry's like to one say one last thing. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> in doing this research, sorry, bro. In doing this research um, and looking into all the vape things and, you know, the cartridges, I did post something on my Facebook page, and it has um, a few pages from San Francisco, a study I found, and it said that um, – people have been getting pneumonia so it's been messing with people's lungs and stuff like that so you know i did you know do a little bit of research and yes um i think people should do what they want and um, as long as they're not harming themselves or others i think that's yeah and uh, and remember this folks and i say this a lot correlation is not causation and a lot of times people make assumptions because this happened, and I did this, that this caused that. And it's important to do some real research and, and really study what's happening and, and get in there and, and make a true connection between things, because I don't know the truth. I want to know the truth, though, and I think that a lot of times things are, are demonized that don't deserve it, and things are not demonized that do deserve it. I think we should find, get to the bottom of it, find the truth, and let's Lay it all out there for everybody to see. I agree. All right, Terry. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm glad that you joined the show today, and I would love to hear from you more regularly. Actually, I have something else I'm calling in next week about something you and I have spoke about that I want to do. So, yeah, you'll hear from me next week as well. I know what it is, but I'm not going to say because I'm the best keeper. (laughs) All right, awesome. I'll talk to you next week, or I'll talk to you later, but I'll talk to you next week. You betcha. All right, peace. Whoops. I I cut her off. I apologize, but she was saying peace, and we love that word. Um, We got Glenn Keeling up that needs to talk right away. And remember, if you're online and you're in a hurry and you got to go, hang up, call back again, and tell our screener, hey, can you put me up next? I do the best I can. I try to get to people in order that they come um, but sometimes things get screwed up and uh, confused. Glenn Keeling is currently going through a case with his wife, and um, you've probably seen the Facebook uh, campaigns that have been going on. <clears throat> These guys are fighting the good fight, um, helping out others at the same time, and they are chapter coordinators of the Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solution International 
out of Ohio. And uh, Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Doing good, Joe tonight. Uh, I just had real quick, man. I'm, I'm sitting here watching, listening to your show, and there, and there's this sports guy. Here. You know, he, he uh, listen. You know, yeah, it, cannabis is illegal federally, and, it, and states are able to do what they want. But just because state, you know, and I want you to pay real close attention to this sports because I know you're hearing me. Just because a state is legal does not mean that the federal government can't come in and screw you. You got federal, you you, you got West Florida that is serving a ten-year sentence for legally doing exactly what he's supposed to do. You got Craig Cecil that is serving a life sentence for not even touching cannabis, and you want to sit there and you want to talk about oh, legalizing it is dropping the. Pr- Screw the fucking price, buddy. Nobody cares about the price. What we do care about is we care about people serving life. We care about people serving a day for cannabis. It doesn't matter about price. It doesn't matter how many people or where it all gets legalized at. I hope the price drops to $100 a pound. That way you can't grow a fucking thing, you prick. I'm sorry. But it just gets me off that when people... When people want to talk about, you know, price and, and profit over patients and people, that pisses me off more than anything, man, that just, that, that just, that's not right. You know, should not be able to make a profit on something that a people are serving prison time for. That's the bottom line. Listen, my name is Glenn Keeling. You can find me real easy. We are going through a case. We have a... Uh, Attorney conference this Friday at one o'clock. We don't have to appear or anything. But if you need help or you have any questions or you just want to talk, my phone number is four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. And we are the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution Creative Care Beacon. Woo! My hat would be off to you if I was wearing a hat today. Glenn, you guys, you and uh, and Peggy are, are are absolute heroes. And I just want to point out that it sounds to me like you're referring to some kind of a Facebook squabble that was going on. And I I have always, and I will always, invite anybody who doesn't agree with any point of view that I, that I lay out, the floor. Please call in and tell me how you disagree with me. Please call in and tell me how I'm wrong. Please call in and tell me why pot should be regulated and taxed to death. Please explain those things to me so that I can understand because clearly I don't. And I will stand for human rights and I will stand for freedom and liberty and the right to choose. I will always stand for that over the right for one person to profit over another every single day. And I will always give you an opportunity to come on this show and explain to me how you're wrong, but I won't do is I won't engage you in a Facebook pissing contest, and I won't I won't get into that kind of a deal and get people know me. No, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook. I'm glad it's there. It, it helps to get the show out there, and a lot of good has come from it. However, uh, you'll never in, beat me into a, a, a keyboard battle, and Glenn, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your view, and I, I, I tend to Agree with it. So, um, Creative Care Beacon, Ohio chapter, please look up Glenn if you're anywhere in the Ohio area. There's a lot of work needs to be done out there, 
Um, and uh, we need more people helping. All right, Glenn, thank you so much for checking in, and I will hopefully talk to you all tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you guys very much. You guys have a great night. You betcha. All right, let's see. We're now uh, running a little over time. we got a couple of calls still need screening, so hopefully um, we're still locking and loading with that. Um, let's see. i got Pete Yapel. i got Dana Bland. And I've got Jeff Eichen and Tom Corby. Tom generally is the last one up. I think Dana's been on the show the longest, and we'll get to Pete, then Jeff, and then Tom. Dana Bland. <clears throat> Dana is our chapter coordinator from Missouri and uh, the newest chapter to be chartered. And, hell, I think you're becoming the busiest one of us all. Uh, with more and more cases that have come out of Missouri, how are you doing? Yeah, it's gotten pretty busy. Uh, we we we're going for court uh, support. The what state? Just down there. Kansas. Oh, in Kansas uh, for Jennifer Hess, and then right. on the third. Can you hear me? Yes, I do. I hear you. Okay, and then. Uh, on the third, which I don't know if I can get up there or not, but uh, uh, Zach, uh, he's he's got a case coming up uh, at 9 a.m. on the third, and then I've been in contact with uh, the people down in Texas, and I mean they've just been coming out of the woods around here here in the last week or two, so it's been pretty busy. <laughs> well, you know when when what happens is. And I, and I, you know, Glenn Keeling and, and Peggy, when they when they first came to us, they had a case, and um, we said, well, you know, if you can help out, you're like a beacon. It's like a little flashlight that you shine. It says, hey, I'm out here. And you you know as well as as many of us that have gone through a case that when you get when you get hit, it's like darkness comes down. Like you know, just the world gets dark and ugly. And when you see that little flashlight shining, it's like a little beacon. And then when a bunch of us get standing together, it's almost like a concert where everybody starts flicking on their lighter, and the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and it becomes like a lighthouse. And that's why uh, Len and Piggy, they called their, their chapter the Creative Care Beacon. And I've always said that that's what we're like, is we're like a beacon out there in the darkness. And what's happened is you guys got through a case, and you were out there preaching it. You were out there speaking and standing up and teaching people about their rights. And that that was your light. And now all of a sudden you've got folks that are finding you. And hopefully if we can get these same folks that, that are fighting, um, get how important it is to keep fighting and to help out other people while they're help, helping themselves and being helped. Um, and that's what ends up happening is we create a community. And I think that that's the key to this whole thing. That's the key to the success of this organization and the work we do um, is building community and, um, you know, tapping into the, to the humanity of it all and, and tapping into, you know, the human solution. So that's, that's what you guys are doing, and clearly you're doing it well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that with all that's going on with the human solutions, and I've hooked in with like 20 different uh, – groups out there just so I can get the message out, uh, which it's been paying off because they've been coming on your show too. And, uh, like the other day, uh, 
Sonia uh, and Peter was uh, doing a tape in a park before she went in the hospital, and I just started plugging on it because I wanted to hit, have her hit over a thousand before that night, you know, was over, and it did. So, but right. I think that in the next year, with the march and all the things that's starting up now, that we have a very, very good chance to take and get things changed in this country. Oh yes, I, I, this is this is not an accident, my friend. I think that what's happened is 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 your case. Uh, came through and 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 brought you and uh, uh, Glenn and Peggy's and and Pete and Helen coming into our world and and Becca and 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 Laura and and Kathy and all the people, Lisa and and um, Mary and and all the people that have have gotten together, Tom and Donna and and Frank and I mean the list just goes on and on and on and 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 what's happened is is We've all found each other, and now we're, we're, we're deciding that, look, we can do something. We can do something that's bigger than all of us. You know, each one of us could be out there beating our own drum by ourselves, but when you start standing together and you start drumming louder and together, Mike and Sarah, and I mean, I, 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 I hate mentioning names because then all of a sudden I'll forget to mention a name, and, and uh, then that person I didn't mention uh gets harmed and now I I really put my foot in it. So crap. And everybody else. And George Marcherano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I take it all back. I I, I remove any name I mentioned because I I that was foolish of me. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And and so many people. But you're right. This March and and um these chapters that are popping up, um, it's making a difference. And I think that you know we're on the we're on the verge of of a game changer of of a defining moment in human history, and I believe that we're I believe strongly that we're a part of that defining moment. So, Dana, it's just an absolute pr- privilege and a pleasure to be working with you. I can't wait to meet you and Suzanne in person, and I know that's going to happen sooner than later, probably before the march gets started. Yeah, Peter's going to be coming through here in uh, October, and I'm going to take and pull in a bunch of people when he comes to have sort of a rally. And uh, since we didn't do our victory thing because it just was playing too hot, uh, that's a good time of year to do it. So I'm just going to put all that together then. Hopefully I'll be able to join you. That's awesome. All right, well, that's fantastic. We're getting more and more callers rolling in, and, and we're burning through time. So um, is there anything in particular um, else that you wanted to lay down? And then, uh, of course, let us know how to get a hold of you. That is always important. Yeah, I'm with uh, Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition, uh, the uh, Missouri Chapter of Human Solutions International. My phone number is 417 417- Eight four seven seven nine seven four, and I can always be reached here on Facebook too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and you're doing such good work. And uh, I am just so excited about the growth of this organization, and uh, and everything that's been happening. So uh, stay with us, my friend. We're going to keep. We're, we're making making a difference and moving mountains. All right, Dana Bland, yep. folks. Oh, sorry. God dang it, I did it again. 
All right, we got a bunch of more callers, so we're we're going to be pushing hard on time, but we're going to get everybody. So we got George Martorano. He's coming up next because he generally doesn't have a lot of time to talk. We got Zach Salazar. Oh, now Zach's just listening. So good, welcome Zach. And we got Forrest, the guy that was referred yeah, to um, um, in this little confrontation, is called in. I'm curious. There you go, Forrest. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Forrest has to say. So definitely, Forrest, you're going to get your chance to speak your piece, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll teach us a thing or two. That would be kind of cool. And then we got Jeff Eichen and um, and then Tom Corby and Pete and Helen Eiple were here. Yep, they're still here. Holy cow, we got a gigantic show still in front of us. So let's get to George because he's always on a short time, and uh, let's see what's going on. George Martorano is a hero, a, mal- a lion of a man, an educator, and he's a man making a difference in the world. George hey, Martorano, welcome to the <laughs> Hey, my, hey, my California brother. How you doing? I am doing fantastic, doing absolutely great. How are you doing? I'm happy to announce to, to our audience out there, I uh, just finished up the Premium Pete show. It's a top broadcast show in Manhattan. He uh, does a lot of big names and the uh, they welcomed me here with open arms. We did uh, over an hour of show, and I was uh, anxious to call your show to let you know that. Uh, when would it awesome. air? Uh, probably in the next week or two. Next week or two. It's called Premium Pete uh, Broadcast. Excellent. And, uh, well, make sure and get me a link to it, and I'll make sure it gets out across my network. Okay, good, good, Joe. And uh, looking forward to getting out there. I need some... I need some rest out there. I need to walk the hills and uh, and just relax with you and uh, my sweetheart out there. So, Absolutely. It will be great to yeah. see you again. You'll, yeah, you'll, like you'll be blown working hard. Working hard. A lot of things are starting to develop. Uh, you know, my message is always the same for those he or she coming out of prison. Just be patient. Be patient and you know, a lot of us come home to nothing, but you have to be patient and still work hard and always be a message. Be a message. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And every everything we say is having an effect on people. And when we think about what we say and, and we, we make sure that we are that message, it makes a big difference. So, uh, George, you're, you're uh, a vanguard of, of information and truth, and uh, it's just such a privilege and a pleasure to be working alongside you. My and, pleasure. And like I said, I can't wait to come out and spend time, spend time out there with you guys. Well, we've always got a spot for you, and uh, the pool's nice and uh, nice and cool. It's awfully hot out here still, but uh, it'll cool off soon enough. All right. Oh well, I'll call you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and uh, send me the link to that show once you get. Once yeah, you got yeah, it ready to go, gonna, and I'll, I'll get it out across give, the whole I'm network. I'm going to give him your link, yeah. I'm going to give him your link. All right, Joe, thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. All right, thank you. George Martirano, folks. All right. So let's see where we're at here. Um, I think I got Pete up next, and then we got Jeff Eichen. Oh, we got Colin Nesbitt up from uh, Texas as well. All right, cool. Um, so we got Pete, and then we're going to do Jeff, and then we'll get to Forrest, and then Colin, and then Tom. And I think that's pretty close to the order everybody came in. Oh, and then we got Bobby and Colleen. So Bobby and Colleen will be before 
before uh, before Tom for sure. All right, so we got Pete first, and then uh, and then Jeff Eichen. Pete Yapel, Pete and Helen Yapel are the chapter coordinators of the Solidarity Over Separation chapter out of New York, and they're about to hit the road and be a roaming, traveling chapter, spreading the good word uh, wherever they go and uh, supporting folks that need it. And uh, we, at one time, many years ago, had a cannabis chapter of the Human Solution International, which was sort of a similar concept, but things come and they go. Pete and Helen, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? We are we're kind of tired. It's been a been a very uh, busy week, as, as everyone knows. We did uh, go travel to Boston, uh, you know, as solidarity in support of the Green Nurses Group to help Tanya um, uh, get to be able to be admitted to Boston Medical and be able to treat with cannabis uh, her full regiment. They won't administer it, but they'll allow her to treat her own way. She even got permission to go outside and vape, uh, which was beautiful. Um, so she can do her full treatment without any interruption. It, but the folks, the shame of it is, is the woman from Ohio that has a medical program that had to go to became a refugee in Massachusetts at, that is legal. Here we go, recreationally and medically, and we still have to fight for people to be able to properly treat with the plant. You know, go ahead. Helen. You know, there was one thing that that I that I noticed that was actually well, it was brought to our attention when we were there in Boston, right across the street from the hospital where she is, is what they call Methadone Mile, and it's a methadone clinic right across the street. And when you go by this, it's the most, it's the saddest thing you you could ever imagine. Everybody is outside the methadone clinic on the street, across the street from this hospital, doing the heroin. Yeah, they got needles hanging just, out their arms. Yeah, needles hanging out of their arms. And people are just Yikes. walking by, going about their business. And and you wow. got people overdosing on the streets. Across, I mean, this is across the street from the hospital in front of the methadone wow. clinic. They're supposed to be getting there and getting going there, getting treatment, and they're going outside and whether they're swapping their meds out for heroin on the street, whatever way they're doing it, it's it's being accepted. There's not anything being done about it. And, and and it's funny because even the nurses will stop and record them on their phones and such as if it's, you know, you know, a spectacle of sorts. And it, it's disturbing. It was it very, disturbing. very disturbing. Um, and, and, and it's what we fight for, everybody. But again, you know, the Human Solution International is is a is a 501c3 civil rights and human rights organization, and we do believe nobody should be in jail for a plant. But as Joe said, we've really truly extended to education, to patients' rights, to the rights of just about everyone, because this plant affects everyone. Every human being has an ECS. Every mammal does. We all need this plant more than we could ever imagine. So Helen and I are packing our home up. We are October 1st. It will be, you know, we'll already be on the road. Uh, um, we will be starting out and headed down to Florida first. We're going to be a little selfish and head to see Marty. But on the way, we already have two rallies set up, talked with James Mazner as we go through Atlanta and some other people in Atlanta. We'll have a great rally as we go through there. Folks, this is, this is Helen and I taking our lives and saying, listen, our freedoms are all at stake here. We're doing this for every single human being that is listening, that can't hear this, that just resides on this planet. And we're doing this 
for, for many reasons. We are going to do a huge membership drive for the human solution. Why? Because we know what our organization can do. We've seen it. We see the good. We hope someday we don't have to fight to get people out of jail, and we're fighting for something else. And then we – good. We can in turn use whatever capital we gain from that to do that. But again, folks, this is all volunteer. Our money is used for, you know, for specific things. So we're going to go on a membership drive. We're going to fundraise, yes, to get from place to place. Why? Because it's, it is everybody's fight and everybody's war. We're putting ourselves out there to do this. So please, just help us along in any way you possibly can. Today, a miracle came and landed in our lap. We had a friend of ours from school who's been watching and watching, and she said, you know, I've been watching, and I see you've been looking for a trailer, but I've been just watching to see what happened. And today, tomorrow afternoon, we will have a trailer in our driveway, ours, that we can now take on the road, and we don't have to worry about a place to sleep or stay along this way. So... So listen, folks, if you guys have a special interest group, if you have a company, if you want to be represented, if you want to be part of this walk and have people notice your name and and say, hey, listen, I cared, we're going to take and we'll make metal uh, 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 magnetic strips, magnets, and we will attach them to to the trailer. We will attach them to our car. You can buy sponsorships, and we'll ride your name around the country so that everybody will know who you are and know you cared enough to support this mission. All through the human solution. Absolutely. All of that, again, everything we're doing, guys, is to benefit this walk and the Human Solution International. This is not for personal gain. The only personal gain I will receive from this in the end, we hope is that I have plant freedom. I can do whatever I want with this plant, how I choose to do with this plant, and every single human being will be out of jail, and my first Ten Amendment rights will be rethought of and brought back to what they used to be, which is we the people, not us the government. I love it. I love it. Well, that's exactly uh, what this is all about, is uh, – reestablishing our freedom to choose, our freedom to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, equality, um, civil justice, actual justice, uh, reform as needed. You know, this is it, this is a lot of, of, of stuff, but it's the same stuff that we came from. It's the same stuff that every major revolution has been all about, and we need to overthrow oppression we don't necessarily have to overthrow our government. We can overhaul it. We can correct it. We can make it right. And that's all we need to do. So let's start seeing what we want to see and being what we want to see and making these changes, talking about these changes, talking about the world we want to live in instead of bitching about what we're, what we're looking at. Um, you guys, why don't you tell us how do we get – how does somebody get involved? How does somebody – in Engage the solidarity over separation, soon to be traveling chapter. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, you guys can find us on Facebook at Solidarity Over Separation, the New York chapter of the Human Solution, both Helen and I's page, you know, personal pages, as well as our Can We Talk pages. But the easiest way to find out every single thing about what we do and what we represent, which incorporates our brand as well as THSI because they are hand-in-hand, is to go to www.cannawetalk.com 
42smallo.com. That's canawetalk42smallo.com. I want to make one quick point really quick, guys, and I, I will make it fast. As Joe was talking, we have decision makers that have been in government since the 70s and 80s, folks, and they're making still the same bad decisions that they've made since the 70s and 80s and promising you something that you want to hear every four years just to get back in and carry out their own agenda. It is time that we dust off the chairs of the Senate and the House. We put people in there that really care and people in there that believe in America and that believe in the, you know, in the country that we fought for. And that's the last I got to say on it. Again, 845-522-3162 is another one. Reach out to us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pete and Helen Yapel. Um, stay tuned. There's a lot more coming from them and coming to a town near you. All right, let's see. We got Jeff Eichen up next, and uh, Jeff has been a friend of the show, and uh, he's working on a movie. He's working on advocating for Michael Thompson. He was just at the uh, um, Seattle Hemp Fest representing, and uh, he's been giving us regular updates. So I appreciate the regular uh, call in. Jeff, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Hi, kids. Hemp, hemp, hooray. It's Jeff, fresh back from Hemp Fest, and uh, we all got dunked, and we even dunked Eddie Lab. Awesome. Awesome. Eddie Lepp is quite a magnificent story. He was in jail for, I think, over 10 years, and, um, and I think most of his um, – uh, interview that I did I can't post because he is not angry he's just animated and he uses uh, um, uh, the curse of uh, writing words very particularly so I'm not sure where we can do our HBO no and <laughs> <laughs> so hang on just a minute and so it's really important to um uh, to represent everybody, but I never met Eddie and I wanted to meet him. He's from California. And, you know, I still don't know um, the three strike rule. If there's, if there's any states that still allow that or enable that. But when we got on stage, we had about 12 people on stage from the, you know, from the human solution, you know, your, your team, we were representing, we we're representing everybody, all the tribe that is trying to allow no more prisoners in jail for pod or for nonviolence. But when we got on stage, maybe twice a day um, up on main stage and at Sealy stage, and we got to talk, um, Kristen Floor was, um, was our moderator and everything. Uh, more than one person, including Amy Pova and everything, were saying that, um, and I'm not sure if Amy said this, but somebody did say on stage that, are you joking that we, that things are legalized now? I mean, like, it's still a joke that they're putting people away every day, every second, every minute for pot still um, when it's legal, and especially when Jack Herrera said at Hempfest, you know, 15 years ago before he died, why is anybody in jail for something I did five minutes ago? Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely true. And, you know, I wish the message of the Seattle Hempfest would, would, would go out broader and louder because you know I feel I've been I've been there and it was a great experience but I feel like you know you're preaching to the choir so much that 
you do reach people because there's a lot of people, there's always new people that don't get it that now do. But that message is such a powerful one that what the hell are we celebrating anything for when one person's still locked up for this? There's, it's, it's not done until <clears throat> the last man leaving the prison take the flag because that's what needs to happen. And um, well, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Well, my heart is still cracked open from three weeks ago visiting a prisoner in jail. And I, I know that we talked to Craig Cecil, and I know George called him when he was still in jail, and I got to meet Jeff Mazansky, and now he's home. Um, but the reality is, is that we're so dumbed down by um, by the wizard behind the curtain um, on the on the Schnellobick stupid road, you know, the guy behind the curtain. And it's not just the dons that are out there that are that are messing with with everything. It's the media is so dark that we need to get louder and we need to be on mainstream. We need to get more of us to get to Bill Maher and to tell them what we're doing because those guys are smoking joints on TV, me- reaching millions and playing with Willie and, and Snoop and, and, um, uh, and Tommy. And yet they're not really um, talking about what we're talking about and focusing on the prisoners because you are right that one prisoner, when my heart was cracked open was when I left Michael Thompson in jail that day that I was leaving doesn't matter anything about me or about lunch afterwards or before he had prison food and I didn't and I got back in my car and I weeped for about five minutes and I just I took a deep breath and I composed myself and I went and had lunch with the lawyer and said how are we going to fix this right and that's the right answer how are we going to fix this let's continue that discussion let's make that discussion louder Let's start throwing out answers, because there are answers. There's absolutely answers, and that's what needs to happen. There needs to be common sense engaged in our legislation and in our criminal justice system, Um, and and there needs to be influence of that common sense that's at least equal to the influence of the special interests that currently do influence it. And I think that that's the thing that keeps getting lost. Where's the on that thread that you're that you're on there about about the the legal interest and the blah blah blah, I've said it forever and I'll say it again publicly. Everybody, listen to me. Everybody, stop what you're doing and listen. Gay marriage got it. They were they were a taboo and now they're not. And they went to the Supreme Court. Let's go get their people. Have them march with us. Let's have solidarity for the weirdos on the planet that are not weird. They are part of our tribe, and let's use gay marriage. They freaking got legalized. Let's use their paradigm. I I couldn't agree more. I say it in the closed sessions as we're organizing these events. and, And, you know, anybody that's ever been successful, I want to talk to the people in Hong Kong that are organizing their marches because they're doing a great job. And it's the media that's stifling the message right now, but there's 100,000 people out there making their voice be heard. And they cannot and they will not be ignored. And they're going to get what they want because they're going to stay with it. And nobody's getting hurt from the, from the marchers. The marchers are not violent, and they're doing a it's, a it's a powerful example of peaceful protest and the value of it. And that's... That's what we're learning from, and that's those are the people I want to connect. As soon as they get what they're set out to get, which they're which they're making clear, 
I want to talk to the organizers of that. I'm going to friggin', you know, learn Chinese if I have to. But, but at the end of the day, this is the real deal, and our message is just as strong, just as powerful, just as impactful, and just as necessary, and that's what we're here to do. Well, we need to go to the top, and, and we are at the top, and the media is so dark. The media is always talking about, you know, Greta Thunberg, I've been following her. She's on a sailboat. She is 16 years old, and she's against climate change. She had 1.4 million students across the globe sit with her out of school for climate change. These are the kids. Let's have the kids. On the, on the march. Greta will not fly. She's halfway to America. She's coming. And so I want to I enlist all of our children that have had somebody in jail in their family for pot. And I want to I raise them up through film. I want to raise them up through your radio show. And I want to I get our media to get light on us. I want us to get louder. I agree. And that's what this is all about. This show gains uh, viewers every week, and, uh, you know, you're being a part of it is helping uh, all of these people. I'm supposed to have an hour show. I'm an hour and 40 minutes into this show, and I've still got a bunch of callers to go. Why? Because that's what we're doing here. We're doing we're, – we're getting a, a message, a voice, a platform for everybody to get their message out, and it's growing, and the, the voice is getting louder we're reaching more people, and we're setting the stage for this march across America um, to make these changes that we need to get our voice, our messaging, our our our, our drumbeat, um, and the vibration of it all. It's all happening, and you're a part of it. I'm a part of it, and I'm just glad to see that there's a harmony. Uh, people that didn't know each other, didn't get along. We're in different groups. Whatever it is, we seem to be coming together, coming to the table and agreeing that this is important enough to stand together for. Well, I'm so proud of you for holding your space and for um, being articulate and for being caring and for organizing the march and, you know, and, and all these things for, for what you do is um, – is you know it, there's a lot of effort in what we do but the the reward will be and for me the reward was filming jeff mazansky and now bringing him you know to drug policy alliance and having him sleep you know on a cot in our hotel room so somebody awesome. in jail awesome. is too much for part too much yeah i totally agree and and each of these little victories are going to add up to the change that we need, but only if we stay the course and only if we grow, and that's what's happening right now. Well, Jeff, it's a pleasure to continue speaking with you, and I'm excited to uh, uh, hear we're coming up pretty soon. Next week we're going to hopefully get that ruling um, for Michael Thompson, and, uh, you know, who knows? It may very well be um, a, a, a joyous, joyous day. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be great. And everybody, you can um, see um, on my site, on my website, lifersthemovie.com. I'm now on YouTube, and you can go watch my movie uh, for the next uh, several weeks for free, everybody. So pass it around. If you get more than five people, or how about 420? <laughs> but 420. If you get more than five people go. in your house, 
I will call in or have an ex-lifer, George or Jeff Mazansky, call in right before you show your film and have a really great, you know, time. And I'm just really um, blessed that you let me on your show. Anytime. It's always my pleasure. And, again, we're rallying uh, the willing, um, those that are willing to get out there and make a difference, get, put a risk out there, put your voice out there, you know. Any of us that have actually been out there for any amount of time have been just bombarded and, and devastated, decimated by people that have tried to cause us harm and, and tear apart our message and diminish us, uh, our, our, or diminish our, our efforts in so many ways. But you know what? To me, I see it as a badge. It's, it's a sign that we're reaching enough people. And um, when, I'm, when I'm watching some of these newer folks get – get out there and they're making their voice be heard. And I watch them get hit the first time by some <laughs> idiot with a, with a bad attitude and, and watch them go, whoa, what just happened here? And I think back to the first time it happened to me. And I, I remember back almost 10 years ago, somebody attacking me and, and I go, wow, we must be doing something right. And, you know, Jeff, I, I, I I'm watching, you know, your effort, your movie and all this, this work you're doing and frankly, it stands on its own, and you're doing a great, great job. And and I think that's the key: is hold the course. We're going to get there. We're doing it, and uh, we just need to keep gaining steam. So, thank you so much, Jeff. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to help out, participate in any way, how do they reach you? First, I want to say that I'll be um, on a couple. I'll, I'll try to get on a leg and do some filming and some live uh, broadcasting from the march. Um, otherwise, we'll do some FaceTime, and, and I'll post it on my, my new show, everybody, on IBM.TV. But you can find me at LifersTheMovie.com or on my Facebook, Jeff Eichen, E-I-C-H-E-N. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And, again, it's always a pleasure, and it's, uh, I'm proud to be standing with you as we're marching forward to victory, freedom, and Liberty, what the hell? We'll go. We'll go with the trifecta. I have, I have one really super quick story to tell you. I was in Toledo with Bobby um, and and everybody doing my roundtable. I drove three hours from um, from Muskegon uh, with Michael Thompson, and I went to do a day that night. I was driving home, and I went to get gas, and I was the only white boy in the um, in the gas station. And uh, there was a lot of do-rags there, you know, like uh, hoodie hoodlums hanging out there. And I went in, and I purchased some gas, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks worth of gas. And I came out, I started pumping, and one lady got out of her car screaming, bloody murder. And I was sure that I was going to be taken out. And then I looked at the gas pump, and I was only on like 15 you know, dollars, and I was going, fuck, why didn't I get a dollar or two dollars and then get out of here? Because I'm from the hood. I'm from L.A., deep down in, in L.A., and I thought for sure that I wasn't going to see another day, and I was going to be the first one to go down. But I had my rag on my head, so I was kind of cool. But it is not very friendly right now out there. There's a separation. I want everybody to come together and get rid of hatred. I appreciate that. Yes. Give peace a chance. That's awesome, and you're right. Hate has no place in our world, in our paradigm, in our vocabulary. Um, you know, kindness and love and the human solution is what it's all about. That's what what here. What, that's what we're here to bring about. Well, Jeff, always just a like pleasure. And, uh, 
just like Jack said. Hey, hooray. Okay. All right, Jeff Eichen, folks, and uh, he's become a regular to the show and part of the solution indeed. All right, we lost a couple of callers, and I apologize um, for – no, I don't. I think, actually, it's it's a great show the way it is, and um, it's sad that sometimes people can't hang on. Um, Forrest left us, and I was hoping he was going to s- stick around. Forrest, if you're listening, call back. I will make time for you, I promise. Um, and uh, it looks like Frank – or no, Bobby and Colleen dropped off too, so um, hopefully – you guys can jump back on. There's always room. But as it stands now, we got Colin Nesbitt up next and then Tom Corby to close the show out. Colin was on our show last week and talking about uh, getting charged with possession in Texas. And uh, we've got uh, support being gathered right now. I understand you've gotten a hold of uh, Candace um, over there with the Open Carry Project. And um, how's it going today, Colin? Uh, it's going pretty good uh, as of now. Um, I'm actually at a rehab uh, or rehab at a VA center in Dallas for 30 days. Um, I obtained a lawyer, uh, a very well-known, good lawyer, area Kurt Crum. Uh, he was the district attorney for 20 years for the county that I, my charges are in, um, and uh, he wanted all of my military information, my security clearance, all my awards, all my, uh, you know, PTSD, the cancer diagnosis, okay. and all that stuff. So I gave, I sent that over to him. My wife is going to take it over Thursday. Um, and I also sent a thumb drive with all the video footage because, uh, like I said before, I have cameras all outside of my house and, and on the front door. Um, so the police kind of just forced their way in the door without a warrant. So he's going to try to get get it thrown out on that. So hopefully I'll cross my fingers, and that'll, that's what will uh, happen. He also said that we could claim that it was hemp because of the hemp law in, uh, in uh, Texas. And he said that for them to test it, it would it, it's going to be years before they, they're going to be able to do it. So they would have to put it on the back burner. More than likely, they would kick it out. California. <laughs> huh? I said they'd have to send it to California or Colorado and violate federal law to get it tested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they would do that. But who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, but uh, as it goes right news. now, that's, that's yeah. the good news. I do. I have some bad news, though. Um, CPS came back, CPS came back and called me yesterday and told me that both of my, uh, twins tested positive from a hair sample for environmental levels of THC. So I don't know, even know what that meant. CPS lady couldn't even explain it to me. She said it wasn't that they didn't have any metabolites in the system, but they had THC in their hair. Um, so I, I'm ordering right now, I'm going through a pediatrician and I'm going to order a test of my own to have them retested, um, independently on my own dime. Um, because I think that's bullshit. I think it's completely bullshit. I told my wife, I told my wife to wash their hair three times a day until we get them over there. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's my wife. The funny thing is, is my wife tested negative hair and and uh, urine. They just took hair from the children 
but uh, my wife tested negative, and my wife is with the children 24-7. So wherever they yeah, are, she know, is. The problem is there's all kinds of false positives that can happen, and the problem with CPS, and if anybody knows anything about CPS, and we've done a number of shows about it, and we'll continue to battle this, is that CPS has an interest. They have a dog in the fight. They have an interest in taking that child away and placing it in another home, and they get paid for that. And they also have um, pretty much free reign. They very seldom are monitored by any independent uh, agency and the, the, the child protective courts and uh, the agencies that enforce their rules they pretty much run rampant, and, and we've had a number of, uh, of activists and activist groups that have stood up against them. And, you know, sometimes when enough people stand up with a good, clear message, we get some change happen. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough road. In California, we've, we've got a kid recently that was killed, and that the Child Protective Services was called numerous times because of abuse that happened, and they didn't respond. Meanwhile, at the same time, they were taking away kids for pot and, and claiming yeah. that there was coming to them. So there's there's a there's a, a, a there's a big disconnect between what should happen and what does happen with with the CPS or DCFS. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, so they haven't they haven't taken our kids or anything like that. And if they do, they're going to have one yeah. hell of a fight on their hands with the law because I, I will fork over any amount of money including selling all my property to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but right now they are um, with their mother at uh, our house because I'm here. I am not allowed to see them unless it's supervised by her parents or we have another friend of ours that they ran a background check in and said it was okay that uh, she was there to supervise me with my children. So, Well, just remember that uh, you've got a team over here that's in your court and uh, – you and your effort and your wife and just keep in touch and keep letting us know what's happening and stay connected with the uh, with the folks that you that you come to know out there and and we're all one family that's what this is all about yeah that's true all right well you guys uh, have a good night go keep up the fight it's worth it and i will be calling you in bet. every week all right bye awesome call thank you so much all right we'll talk yep. soon all right, folks, um, we're down to Tom Corby. So if Bobby and Colleen can call back in or if Forrest calls back in, we still got a screener. We still got a couple of minutes. <coughs> still time for you. But um, if not, Tom Corby's going to wrap it up, and let's see what's going on with Tom Corby, uh, NorCal chapter of the Human Solution International. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? <coughs> I'm here with you. We're flickering real bad. See if you can put the phone up to your mouth or something. I can't hear you. Your mouth. We can't hear you. Right, right here.
No, we're losing you. We, we we can't hear anything you're saying. I see you're still on the line, but I cannot hear anything. Tom, Frank, anybody? Major Tom. Oh man! Ah, there we go. We have we have life. We have a pulse. Keep going. Ah. Clear. So Facebook. I don't know. Just can't hear you. Come on, you're you keep flickering. Find that sweet spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope you're not hearing me. Maybe it's sitting in my bedroom. How about now? That's better. <laughs> Put it right up against your mouth, though. Well, I'm I'm going in the shop, but probably because I don't get That's a good. That's good. Right there. Right there. Stay right there. You're good. Just yeah, stop. Just talk. Right. You're good. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I want to thank you all today, and uh, I think it's time to make the show two hours, don't you, Joe? <laughs> it, it makes itself what it wants to be. It makes itself what it wants to be. Yeah. So I used to think uh, legalization was maybe a step to end prohibition, but it seems like it's contrary. It's just more excuse us more uh, the laws and regulations. So uh, we must focus on. Uh, Descheduling cannabis. There should be no schedule for cannabis. It's just like any other plant, like a tomato plant, like it's been brought out many a time. So, thank you all for coming today. Uh, I used to be non amount of brevity because in NorCal, we were in the courtrooms almost every day. Now, uh, I have a lot of free time because, like Frank Canan, Joe, all of us stand our ground, and we take them on to trial. We get all our discovery, and we throw the 995 dismissed probable cause motion. When I think of probable cause, I uh, was mentioned on the post today about entrapment. To me, they go hand in hand. So, yes, we must end prohibition, doing whatever we can. And uh, thanking all the folks today. Uh, all the good speakers uh, joining us and volunteering to end prohibition. We all are POWs. No one should spend their life in jail for a plant. Craig Cecil, no one. Thank you all today, and don't forget to breathe. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom. And I really, truly, and deeply thank everybody who has ever been a part of the human solution has ever decided that there was something worth doing that was bigger than yourself. And, and I, I, there have been so many people that have come into our, into our, our family for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And even those that, that came in for a minute for a reason that caused some hassle or headache or, became a royal pain in my ass. I thank you for being there when you were, because at one point you did help. And and for those that are are in the process of rethinking their position, that maybe, you know what, maybe we should stand together. I thank you. 
And for those that came that we helped that turned around and got afraid and left, you know, and I thank you too, even though I, I wish there was more that we could have done together. There was a time that what you did was worth fighting for, and you helped to unite us. And uh, I especially, though, thank those that have been in it for the long haul that, that are uh, serious about ending prohibition, that are serious about fighting for our rights and our freedom, and that aren't going to quit until we get there, that have put their egos and their problems aside, that focus on the solution, that look at how we can make a change and how we can change that world and are willing to do what it takes, I thank you. And that's all the time we got today, folks. We will see you all next week. And we thank Willie Nelson for doing what he does, too. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.